The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Paula Maltzan is a US skier who specializes in slalom. She learned how to ski on the very same slope as Olympic champion Lindsay Vonn. In 2015, Paula became the junior world champion, but her lifelong dream of being a pro skier was put under threat when she was cut from the US team. She decided to go to college, but continued racing, and eventually her determination and skill earned her a place back on the team. At Beijing 2022, she became an Olympian. And I spoke to her during Beijing 2022 to talk about her friendship with Ryan Cochran Siegler and his silver medal win, and why Lindsay Vaughn is still an inspiration. But we began by talking about that first big win to become junior world champion. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. I think I shocked myself and my coaches back then I don't think we I mean everyone dreams of it right you these are stepping stones in your career and I think I dreamed of it but sometimes you don't really with the season I was having that season you never really conceptualize it to actually happen and I think it was kind of like the right moment at the right time and I had just put down two really good runs I had I think I won the first run by almost a second so I was had a comfortable lead and so it made second run a little bit easier a lot less stress and I think it was um, a surprise and I was really proud to accomplish that and tick that box because not a lot of um, American women have done that in the past. No, incredible achievement. But what like an up and down kind of life to have as a young person going from, you know, literally the best junior in the whole entire world, you know, like that is the point to like not being renamed on the US ski team. So how did you deal with that mentally at the time? Uh, yeah, I definitely don't have the most standard story for a US ski team Olympian or a US ski chairman channel. So I think um, when I wasn't renamed to the team, it's kind of a shock to the system. You're like, whoa, what just happened? Like, I thought it was okay. Like I thought I was like on the right trajectory and we uh, I just wasn't I guess and so um I definitely took a mental reset I took a lot of steps back from ski racing I said I didn't want to ski in the summers anymore I wanted to start and live maybe a somewhat more normal life and so as soon as I wasn't renamed to the team I applied to school I think literally the next day and I was accepted the following <laughs> and so um yeah mentally it was really challenging but I think it was also a really big growing moment for me I became a better person out of it so I'm happy with the path that I was put on wow that is that is a quick turnaround even for you I know you've said in the I found a great quote from you said I don't like to waste a lot of time but that is a quick turnaround <laughs> yeah I think there's in ski racing there's not a lot of options right you're either on the national team or you're in college and there are some independent teams but it's really hard to find success with them so I think I went for college just because you might as well kill two birds with one stone <laughs> But, you know, obviously it's an incredibly difficult title to win, the NCAA uh, title as well. It's not, it's, you don't just stumble into that either. That is uh, that, that is pretty hard, hardcore as well, right? And that's what you did in as a freshman in 2017. Yeah, I did. That was pretty cool. I think that's one of my highlights in my college career. I think I, I guess as a freshman, you don't expect much, right? You're just young I was I had some speed definitely but I didn't have a lot of consistency so I was shocked to be able to 
also tick that box, right? There's two different boxes in the world of ski racing. There is the, what you call like the pipeline for the US ski team. And then there's college athletics. And to be able to see both sides of them at the highest level was a, an incredible experience for me at least. And to be able to do it in the East Coast where I was going to school at the time was even cooler. <laughs> Correct my understanding of this. It's no, uh, you're not guaranteed necessarily to be allowed to go to college and compete in the NCAA after being, um, you know, trying to be a pro athlete. Yeah, there's a lot of rules. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of rules that go with becoming like what makes you a professional athlete versus an amateur. And so you have to go through all the clearance. I know it's really changing right now, but when I was doing it, there was a lot of offset. You couldn't have accepted more money than you have paid out. And at the time, the USQ team wasn't funding their development athletes. So it was kind of easy to prove that I wasn't ever making money in my young development years. So um, it was definitely a change of pace, right? You go from trying to go to Europe a couple times a year to compete to just trying to get A's on all your tests while competing. I mean, I did not take the science route, as you might have expected in my um, in my uh, college career. Uh, so when I see someone who's majored in biology uh, with a minor of chemistry and a pre-med intent, I feel really sick. That makes me feel extremely scared. That I'm terrified by that. That is literally my worst nightmare. And so, uh, but it's hard, right? Even the people that are good at those things say you have to put a lot of work into making the grade, right? Yeah, I think I think all college degrees are difficult, but I definitely think there are more challenging ones than not. And I don't think, I think people are scared of biology and chemistry, but there's really only like two or three classes in the whole course load that you need to be scared of. The rest of it's pretty fun. <laughs> definitely, I've always been math-centric. I couldn't, I could do as many math problems as you wanted me to do, but I couldn't write an essay for the life of me. You can fire that over to me and I can do that in my sleep. And Perfect. I'll send you my my maths problems so we can we can team up on that it's a quite a difficult thing as a young person to have all of that pressure on you like to make sure that you're acing all your tests and acing all these races as well Uh, how did you cope with that at the time or perhaps you found it easy Um, I'm a big procrastinator I had a lot of late nights I don't really like to stay on top of much um So I wouldn't say I balanced it that well. I'm sure there are plenty of other student athletes that are doing a much better job than I did, Um, including probably my own teammate, Katie Hensi, and she is very on top of her academics, whereas I had a lot of late nights going into a lot of tests. So take me through, how do you get from that point there to what just happened at Beijing 2022? Yeah, um, I got an invite to, well, I got an invite to do a qualifier for Killington World Cup because um, whenever a country hosts a race, they get a couple extra spots to start more of their countrymen. And so I got an invite to do a time trial. So I went to the time trial in Colorado and I won it. And so that gave me a spot for um, a start in Killington. And that's kind of where the comeback comes and starts. So I go race Killington in, oh, I think I want to call it 2017, but I honestly can't remember the dates anymore. They all get mixed up, but, um, and I have my best finish in a a world cup ever. So I, I don't get renamed to the team, but I get invited to start racing more world cups because I have 
as it goes into key racing created another start so i'm able to use my start i create and um thankfully it wasn't just a fluke and i continued to ski well the rest of the season and um at the end of the season i was renamed to the team after a three-year hiatus and so i put my academics on hold and so i'm three quarters away through a degree i don't have it finished yet so you can't give me that much credit um and i decide to kind of recommit everything to ski racing not too many people get um a second opportunity at a lifelong goal and so i wanted to go head in and take it all as it came um and so then flash forward to the last two seasons i've had some really consistent results and ended up in the top 15 and top five a couple times which has qualified me for the olympic team which brought me here <laughs> And it's gone pretty well, right? You've got to be pleased with how it, how it's gone. Yeah, the Olympics are a really big stage. There's a lot of extra pressure from yourself and on, like, not intentionally from family and friends, but it's you're just here to perform on a stage, right? For friends and family, everyone can watch. It's the most watched um, event for an alpine skier. So I felt a lot of pressure, but I was able to um, kind of try my best and keep a cool head and put down four really solid runs I'm extremely proud of. Ah, oh, that's good. It's a nice sentence to say, isn't it? That yeah, I it is. down four runs. <laughs> Ski racing is a matter of hundredths of a second, whereas I know luge is like thousandths of a second, but hundredths of a second is enough to boggle my head sometimes. I've got a quote from Michaela Schifrin who had said, it's just a pleasure to watch her ski. I'm pretty grateful to have some teammates who are strong and can put put on this show. Oh, it's a nice. That, that, not many people get such kind words from like someone who's yeah pretty much done, <laughs> been there and done everything, right? Yeah, it's all. She's always been extremely supportive. I've skied with Mickey. Michaela's only one year, not even a full year younger than I am, and so she's been my number one competitor my whole life. So I've also watched her grow as a skier, and she's watched me grow, and so. I think we have helped each other a lot and in this world of ski racing it's hard to keep up with friends all the time in the US so I am lucky to have someone like that support me while I'm on the road definitely. And Ryan, tell me about Ryan. Have you spoke to him? Have you have, have you have, did you did you scream? It was amazing. I mean, I did. Yeah, Ryan Cochran Siegel and I are close friends. So he's from Vermont and I went to UVM so um I've been cheering him on. I put his medal on. I went and crashed his room, hugged him. I wanted to kiss him, but I didn't. <laughs> but yes, it was really awesome. I mean, his family is such a legacy and they've always been really awesome supporters of mine. So I couldn't be more um, happy for Ryan. He is a true image of resilience. That is for sure. And you don't fancy it, the, the Super G though. That's not, it's not your bag, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. How important has the community in, of, of like Team USA, uh, the ski team, you know, can you describe the atmosphere, especially given the past, you know, four years of craziness? Um, yeah, I have the best team. So inside the US, or Team USA, there's Team US Ski Team. And then inside that, there's a bunch of mini teams. And I'm lucky enough to have like the best coaches and teammates out there. Um, my teammates are AJ, her, and Nino O'Brien. That's who I spend seven months of my year with. So they're like my sisters. And um, I could never ask for better teammates. They are there through the ups. And they're, they're more for me during the downs. And we all just push each other to be better. And there's 
off the hill it's never competitive on the hill it's never competitive we're just like all just trying to be good and there's never no one's salty no one's mean it's just like a big old happy family which I feel really lucky to be a part of because I've been a part of a lot of teams and I know not all of them are like that no I think there is an element of at the moment everyone gets he's kind of gets the bigger picture I think you know and that where you probably might have been a bit rude <laughs> or maybe a little you know everyone takes a breath or I think it happens more often now and everyone is a little bit more I don't know conscious of where people are coming from on their journey right definitely I think um, mental health has really became finally become part of the picture which is really I think important in sports in general and especially in women's sports um, I think people just think we're a bunch of robots but we are just your average human being who tend to be a little bit more athletic than the most. (laughs) (laughs) So could you just sum up your experience here at the games? You know, it's, it's a very challenging um, experience, but how have you found it? I've had a really great experience. I think there was a lot of question marks coming into China. Everyone was very concerned about a lot of different things. And I think with respect to that, Alpine skiing hasn't really come to China before. So I've had a really incredible experience. I think the village life has been much more than I've expected. It's really cool to see all these athletes in one spot together because it doesn't happen. We never see the men. So it's nice to see some friendly faces, including our own American men after Obviously, a silver medal is pretty cool to be able to cheer him on. <laughs> um, and then the hill service in the hill has been perfect. I couldn't have asked for better snow conditions. It was not what we usually see in Europe, but it was flawless. There wasn't ever any issues with the snow beforehand or during. So I feel excited to come back to China maybe and race some more. But I've had a really nice time here, and I'm hopefully going to be able to come back and maybe do some sightseeing and seeing once COVID's gone. And your parents were both ski instructors, right? Yes, they taught me. <laughs> yeah, on a little baby hill. You got you got to remi- uh, remember that you're saying a little baby hill, right? And but I'm from the UK, where we only have hills. And so uh, when I see that this is the place where Lindsay Vaughn got her start as well. Um, it's definitely a little hot spot in the Midwest. So imagine you're like driving from like 35 minutes into London, and then you have like you start to come past something you're like oh what's that little thing and then there's a little bump on the side of the highway that's buck hill and then the other side of the highway is a lake and so you're like i don't really understand what's happening here um and there's i think three chairlifts um two rope toes and a magic carpet so there's not much to look at but um the high speed rope toes what buck hill is really known for we as young athletes we get a ton of reps in slalom and so that's kind of why um some really talented athletes come out of there just a hot you talk about the ten thousand hours or ten thousand reps in ski racing or in any sport and that can happen a lot more quickly because we spend more time in the course than riding a chairlift if you were to be in the west you've said that other people are resilient but I'm telling you, you are resilient. You've you, you you all the different things that you've had to put up with. If you've got any advice for someone who's been cut now after becoming an Olympian, you know why should they keep going? Why should they never give up? As long as you love anything with your whole heart, you can put your head down and work to get back. I think 
as soon as you fall out of love with something, there's no reason to continue. So if someone's been cut or has been going through a hard time, if you can still find all the love in your heart for the thing you want to continue doing, then you just got to kind of put your head back down and keep pushing forward because a lot of hard work does pay off. It doesn't go unrewarded. And this is the last question. Um, like, who have you found as as examples and inspirations? Yeah, I definitely agree with this. If you can see it, you can absolutely be it. I think this applies to every aspect of life, not just sports. And I think, um, as any daughter, um, your mom is your number one role model. And so, um, my mom is a strong, independent, working woman, and she showed me that um, you can move up in a men's world and kind of be the boss. And I took her as my biggest inspiration. And obviously, Lindsay and Julia and Michaela have really set um, a really high standard of practice in alpine skiing in the U.S. And I think you watch them and you're just continuously inspired. Obviously, Lindsay's retired, but she's now showing how it's possible to have a second career and not just be a ski coach after ski racing. And I think that's really incredible because she's such an icon and she's so inspirational for me because she's from Buck Hill too. <laughs> I love Lindsay Vaughn. I don't even Me care. too. Brilliant. That's it. And you speak so fast as well. It's great. So, Thank so you. we're both together. We've rattled, we've rattled through like an hour's worth of stuff. I'm Minnesotan. That's what we we do learn how to talk fast when we're young. So I've got that one. <laughs> Olympic Channel Podcast. Okay, big thanks to Paula. You can follow her on Instagram, just as Paula Maltzan. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E, and we are just Olympics across all social media. That is it for now, though. Stay safe, stronger together. See you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.